Welcome to Mirepoix Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schubach. I'm a writer, theater maker, and food enthusiast, and I'm taking you on a journey through food, family, and culture via the lens of food practice and tradition. Our guest today is M. Joy Gavina. Up first, a word from our sponsors. This is Mirepoix. Hi, I'm Joy. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm such a fan, such a big oh. fan oh. of the show, of you. I am such a fan of you. So many things. So many things. Oh my goodness. What a blessing. Mutual admiration society. <laughs> <laughs> well, our first question is, who the heck are you? Uh, well, here's the thing. Asking about, asking an identity question in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> to anyone is difficult. Yes. But my website does say that I'm an actor, a producer, a casting director, and I think it also still says grocery store enthusiast, which <laughs> is true in normal times and that's not right now, but, but usually yeah. still true. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all those things. You are all those things, <laughs> no matter what's happening outside our windows, you know? Right, right. Friend, comma, friend of Joe. I should add that. Oh, that's, website. yes, that's right. Yes. And sure. we um, yeah, yeah. made a, a, a shocking amount, actually, of theater together uh, very yes. quickly yes. in yes. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you usually say is your favorite food? Okay, so this, I knew this question was coming and, and I know I'm already struggling and it's the first question, second question, um, because it, it, it changes so much. Mm -hmm. And actually, usually what I say is whatever my dad is cooking. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, it just, it makes me sad to say that because I haven't had his cooking in over a year, a yeah. uh, year and a half. Um, uh, and so I guess today my favorite food is cheese it's just a blanket statement because my dad can't make that so like but I can get it at the grocery store so you know yeah what, what yeah. cheese I'll do you go cheese. for today it's cheese um I love a sharp cheddar yeah. um uh the the people on the Trader Joe's Facebook page uh recommended unexpected cheddar it was expected but it was delightful mm. um I just I like a a, a a sharp like a Dubliner have you had the Dubliner cheese yeah. It's like an, a sharp Irish cheese. I, I like that. That's a good go-to. That is a good go-to. Mm -hmm. I mean, all cheese is beautiful. Putting it on crap. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Don't like Swiss, but other than that, oh, all cheese yeah. is beautiful. I was just saying to somebody else, I like Swiss okay, but I don't like the way baby Swiss looks. Like the holes. What does baby Swiss look like? It has like uh, extra small yeah. holes. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You better melt that before you bring it to my That's house. That's alarming. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. It melts well. I like it for that reason. I don't, I don't want to eat it otherwise. Yes, yeah, correct. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite food and beverage pairing? Oh, okay. So I, th I think it is, um, have you ever seen The Seven Year Itch? No. It's a Marilyn Monroe movie. Oh. It actually, it was a play first and then it was a movie. Um, and in it, I think I watched it when I was very young, uh, but she eats and talks about eating champagne and potato chips. Oh. And so like for a long time, I didn't have champagne or yeah. sparkling wine or anything like that. But I always remember her making it sound so uh just luxurious. Mm -hmm. So when I was old enough and, and could get my hands on at least sparkling wine, just the saltiness and the crunch of the potato, she was right. Um, yeah. She didn't write it, but you know, um, <laughs> she said it so well. Um, and, and then just like the, the effervescence and, and the acidity and brightness and, and sugar of like, say a Prosecco, yeah. it's just the perfect combo. And I could just have that for a brunch and be happy. It is that a very good- yeah, I've yeah. never tried so that's that. That's a good pairing for me. Maybe we'll, we'll do that tonight. Marilyn Monroe says it's great. Yeah, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe and Enjoy recommended. 
That would be a cute thing to do on like Marilyn Monroe's birthday. It would be. Like a nice little tribute. Yeah, scene. we should find out what that is and then we'll we'll zoom in. We'll zoom in. <laughs> yeah. Instagram live, Marilyn Monroe's birthday. Exactly. <laughs> EYO chips and champagne. I love it. Exactly. That sounds good. I'm gonna try yeah. that. Um, what's Great. your favorite hot breakfast? Oh gosh. You know, I think I, I went back and forth on this because I wanted to say like a Chicago, like a Chicago specific brunch where like people could like go to, yeah. but I think what I crave, I've been craving the most, especially lately is, um, it's called Tosilog, which is, um, Tosino, which is like a marinated, uh, pork, uh, oh. Filipino, uh, pork. And it's like, I don't actually never found out what it was marinated in. I didn't care. It's like, it's usually like vinegary and sweet. So probably brown sugar and, and salty. So probably like soy sauce of some sort, yeah. um, marinated probably overnight. Um, uh, it's like thick, thick bacon, but better than that. And then, um, uh, garlic fried rice and a runny egg oh, yeah. and like all of those things combined and my when my dad used to serve it and he didn't do this very often it was like usually for a special occasion yeah um he would also serve it with a side dish of sliced raw tomatoes and then uh, a tiny dish of vinegar and i want to say chilies and garlic and then i uh -huh. would dip the the tocino in it and then like um i don't know if you watched i think Thai people do this too, but a lot of Filipinos, um, they do the perfect bite. So they have the, the spoon and the fork, and then they take uh -huh. a little bit of the meat, or I do, take a little bit of the meat, a little bit of the rice, a little bit of the um, tomato, and like create the perfect bite. And yeah. that's how, and you shovel it with the spoon and then you, you push it in with the fork. And so uh, that's, that's kind of, I, I crave that meal and I crave eating it in that way. Yeah. Um, but I don't make it for myself. So I don't right. want somebody else to make it for me. Yeah. yeah. Although that yeah. makes it even more special, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I do think, I think actually um, Mike's uh, in uh, Logan Square, uh -huh. they, they do delivery. And I think you could actually order that um, and Subo Kitchen. So there are places in Chicago people could get that. Yeah. I'm going to hear that Chicago. Back. Yeah get it yeah that's always interesting right the um i mean it's sort of obvious but there's such a difference between home cooking and restaurant cooking but particularly your own home like your own people yeah. like family making yeah. something and there is something about filipino food that i think is it, it has definitely uh changed in the last 10 15 years and, and you know when i went to la it's uh, filipinos are everywhere uh. um but but as a mainstream cuisine it really has just started to take off and i think a lot of that is because it's so homey mm -hmm. that uh it was kind of hard to commercialize i yes. guess and i think people have figured out a way but um it's taken a bit and so yeah there is something i'm not saying like my cuisine is more special but it, like there right. is something uh different about especially that kind of home cooking where yeah. where i couldn't just like go to a drive-thru to get it you know right but i right. think it's it's comfort food yeah although it's um is jolly bee filipino am i making that up it is, it is. And that's actually like the fast food chain in yeah. uh, the Philippines. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've, they've done, but they, they do like the, the, the sweet spaghetti, the hot yeah. dog spaghetti and the, the fried chicken. And they do have things like that, but, yeah. and then that, but that was actually marketed for mainstream Filipinos, right? Not for Americans. Yeah. And so, and, and they, there is a Jollibee, there are Jollibees in America, but it's like the Asian population goes to them. Right. It's not for, you know, <laughs> Aunt Kim from Missouri, you know, right. she's not gonna uh, necessarily know about Jollibee. That's right. And That's she right. won't know what the hot dog is doing in her spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. I looked at that menu once <laughs> and I was like, this looks great for meat eaters. I think I might be in trouble. <laughs> I think in general, Joe, I'm just going to warn you right now, um, vegetarians and, and vegans in general are probably not going to like this uh, uh, episode because meat is going to come up so much 
it's just in my veins. So That's right. I just, it's, it, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. is. Yeah. Although remember we went to that Filipino restaurant together and they were, um, the waiter was super helpful finding, uh, vegetarian options like vegetarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 They had built it in like, yeah. And I think, Oh, I know. I'll tell you, you know? Yeah. They had options. They say, okay, if you can't have this, have this, they were really great about that. That's true. But in, but my favorite foods are not the things that are. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I'm sorry. Hey, no, don't apologize for your art. All right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Thank you. That's right. Grocery store enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite theme park or county fair or street festival food? So I, um, I went to the Minnesota State Fair like six or seven years ago for the first time. First of all, have you been... Joe, I feel like you would love not it. Not to Minnesota, no. One one day when when one day. the world can do it. Um, Don't I they think build things out of butter? There are beauty queens out of butter, first of all. Like there is Miss Minnesota, like on a stool, someone carving her 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 likeness into yeah. a giant thing of butter, and then people just watching. And that's like one of several, there was a lumberjack competition when I went, like I, Chad and his sister, it was disgusting. I watched them just have a milk drinking competition. Like you could pump your own whole milk and then whoever drank, it was gross, but you could do that. But um, my favorite bite from the Minnesota State Fair, it's it's a toss up because there was something called uh, spaghetti and meatballs on a stick. Uh-huh. Cause that's the thing about the state fairs, right? Is like everything on a stick and just kind of the ridiculousness of having spaghetti and meatballs on a stick is great. But like, if you're doing it for the gram, you can't tell what it is. Cause like they ball up spaghetti and meatballs and then deep fry it. Yeah. So you're just eating like a ball of something deep fried and you know, it's spaghetti and meatballs. Right? Secondly, it do- it's not that great. It's, it's cool, but it's not awesome. And then like, it's so big that halfway through you're like, well, now it's cold, deep fried spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. And like, I'm not enjoying myself. And now it's all over my hand and there are animals everywhere. So like, just, just for the, the, the niche of that, that's, nice. that's one thing, but actually what is my favorite. And also I love prop humor, the mm-hmm. fact that I could get a pork chop on a stick yeah. and that it is bigger than my head. Yeah. Um, but also that pork chop was delicious. Yeah. It was so, so good, but also it was a really big pork chop on a stick that I was just eating in yeah. the open air, um, actually over a garbage can. I do remember that. <laughs> so um, and I mean, look, I, I wasn't going to get messy. It was early in the day and we had several stops that day. So um, there was a map. So yeah, I think I would say pork chop on a stick. And I think you bring up a really good point thing. about state fairs. Like it, there is plenty of novelty, but quite often the food is also quite good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I think what I love about things like state fairs and, and Chicago has, is it the taste or the bite of Chicago? Taste. I always get that confused, taste. Uh, yeah, cause there's the bite of Seattle and oh, I uh-huh. get those mixed up, but um, that they throw support over to restaurants who can then be like, hey, you liked our egg roll on a stick? Well, come to our restaurant in the fall when the festival isn't here. And like, we have that plus other good food, you know? And so, yeah, I do, I do like that. Um, And so they do have like legit chefs who know what they're doing, putting things on sticks. Yeah. You know, yeah. And sometimes some of your favorite musicians from the eighties and (laughs) nineties. Brandy Carlisle played The yeah. Taste and those tickets were $10 and yeah. her tickets were oh, normally yeah. like 80. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to buy all the music tickets because these concerts are amazing. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh we yeah. Saw, yeah. Um, I think Donnell came with us. We saw Better Than Ezra at the Crystal Lake Gala, which is like the Crystal Lakes version of a state fair kind of. Sure, sure, uh, sure. I don't know if I would have seen better than Ezra on purpose, but it was fun. But now you can say you went and 
Did you buy tickets or were they just there? They were just, they were just there. Like, there by the corn dogs. They were just Amazing. there by the corn dogs. Oh, that's even better. That makes it more special, I think. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also saw Rob Thomas at the Taste and, with a bunch of people, and he was he uh, singing or was he just there? <laughs> good question. He was performing, <laughs> but okay, great. He kept um, he kept remarking on how few people were there, and we were like, "This is a weird vibe." <laughs> Oh, oh, he's just going to call it out. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, dude, okay. it's 4 p.m. on a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Also, Can I ask are, what year that was? What year was that, Rob Thomas? Uh, it was it was more recent than we you think, probably. It was um, that might have been 2015. No, but see, that makes more sense that it was more recent. Yes, it does. To me, yeah. that like the logic follows. So yeah, okay. You just keep that inside. You don't have to call it out. Because you're okay, so smooth, Rob. you know? I mean, <laughs> oh, Rob <no>. knows. <laughs> um, speaking of Rob Thomas, what food do you eat to feel comforted? I was wondering <laughs> uh, to, uh, to feel comforted. Um, we'll see, I guess it depends on the situation, right? Yeah. Like sometimes I need comfort immediately. Yeah. And so I don't have time to order something or to cook something. And so typically I'll reach for a box of Triscuits oh, yeah. and then, you know, those, um, those, is it cracker barrel? The it's, uh, it's I think Kraft has it too. It's those boxes of cheese that are pre-cut. Oh like yeah. Happen to be the exact right square size for yes. a Triscuit. Yes. And the, first of all, the symmetry of that is just like pleasing to me, Yes. but also just like the immediacy of the saltiness of the Triscuit and then, and, and the, the harshness of the, the sharp cheddar. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think there's something about crunching too. I've realized that in 2020 that like crunching is very cathartic for me and so I think yeah. there is something really comforting about all of those things combined together yeah. if I have time um I was doing I did two plays in a row last year where that were kind of like traumatic and I would uh -huh. come home and eat at midnight which you're not supposed to do but yeah. and um uh, eat my feelings a little bit and I would almost always make uh, carbonara Oh. And uh, which actually isn't, it doesn't take that long to do, but mm -hmm. long enough that you have to boil water and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't have bacon, I would do it with olives and I'd make myself olive carbonara, which Joe, I think you might like a lot. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like fatty and it's salty, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's mm -hmm. flavored. It has better. the same bite, not the same yeah. bite, but a similar bite. And then if you fry that up with some garlic and then add some herbs to it and then the egg, it's, it. It is very comforting. That's super um, smart. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, those are my go-to, like, I need to feel good right now. And typically it, it works, so. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of mine is McDonald's, let's be honest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about, I've talked about this almost every episode now, but it's still just so important and true. Like yes. the, the idea of knowing what something's gonna taste like is huge. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's true about the Triscuits too. Like, you know what sharp cheddar and Triscuits is going to taste. Yeah. Like. I know the, the effect it's going to have on my mouth and I, I yeah. look forward to it. And yeah. Yeah. And if something is different, it is uh, stressful to me. <laughs> so yes. And you have talked about that a lot. And I'm just, every time I'm like, yep, yep. yep. Yes. Correct. Yep. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what's so um, disappointing when it's not, especially if yeah. you've gone to the lengths to taste the exact thing. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, expectations are a really big thing. And if you're yeah. already coming, working from a place where you're disappointed or in a negative, you know, headspace, you want that comfort of like, I at least know I can count on that. No. Oh, well, that sucks. Yep. <laughs> what do for I do real. now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. For real. Oh, well. For real. That's life. Um. Speaking of, I mean, sort of the, the, the partner question to this one, what's the food you eat when you're under the weather? Oh, gosh. Um, I have a few, but yeah. um, the, and again, like the last few times I've been sick, um, I've been by myself or uh, uh, not, <laughs> not at my dad's house. Um, yeah. 
uh, I recreate his version of uh, chicken tonola, which is a ginger uh, corn soup. Um, mm. He sometimes adds papaya um, or a coyote squash. Um, and he makes it extra gingery. So I like get a giant thing of ginger and like boil that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and I let that simmer. So it also like the smell of the ginger fills my apartment, um, which helps with the sinuses. Or yeah. if you're having a stomach problem, ginger is really great. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do. I don't try to recreate a lot of my dad's dishes because it's just never going to be as good. But that's something that I could approximate. I think things like ginger and broth and things yeah. you could slurp. That's what I crave. Um, and it's, it's super easy to put together. So yeah. Broth is huge. It is right. I mean, in general, or ramen, like yeah. that's, that's the stuff, like no matter what kind of sick I am, that's usually the thing that I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause I sort of, for a long time would eat really plain soups when I was feeling sick. And more recently I'll actually get like, like whatever the, the vegetarian ramen is at Furious Spoon and actually oh. like up the spice ante yeah. like that's yeah. a newer practice for me but i feel like too you know when we're kids our our tolerance and our our necessity for spice is going to be really different because sure. yeah. i think like when i was younger i didn't like it when my dad made it super gingery yeah but like sometimes especially when you're sick that's the only way i could taste something is yes. if it's like amped up you know in yeah. flavor so yeah for real that's how we know we're adults that's how we know we're adults <laughs> <laughs> that's not true it's something it's something it's a measurement it's, of something it is a measurement of something change yeah there you go <laughs> correct exclusively a measurement of change right yes um all right so the namesake of the show which is a classic base to many recipes um is mm. mirepoix this mm -hmm. three ingredient holy trinity takes many forms all over the globe and manifest in different ways. Mm -hmm. What's your mirepoix? What are three ingredients or more than three that you use on the regular to start a cooking process? I mean, always, I feel like I'm so boring. Always uh, garlic and onion. Like that's uh -huh. without a doubt. Uh, and that's so many cultures and so many people. And then I, lo I loved what you and Lovey were talking about on her episode about music being the third one. Yeah. Um, but I want to say something different. So I'll say booze. Yeah. But not in the yeah. pot, in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I like the idea of music too. So it's, it's probably like my mirepoix is the four things of music and booze. Uh, but then garlic and onions are definitely the things that always go into almost everything that I make yeah yeah, yeah. it's heavy right. on the actually both heavy on both things that's right yeah <laughs> yeah I, I I've probably said this a million times in these episodes but I'm always like doubling or tripling garlic in recipes I think I didn't I understand like when I started reading recipes which actually was like much later in life like college mm -hmm. um I think I didn't understand that a clove was a clove I was just like you mean a bulb Right. Yeah. So like I would put the, just because one clove is like you might as well do nothing. And it made yes. me like when I found out that's what it was like, it made me angry. I'm like, why bother? Yeah. Like I I can take half of a bulb and put it in a, a one person meal and be fine with it. So Correct. yeah. Yeah. Especially when cooking has happened to it. Like I feel like right. the longer it cooks, the less astringent it is right yes oh my god yeah so that i mean that goes into i mean and sometimes ginger is the third thing but like not yeah. always and so yeah. it will depend but like the constant is um garlic and onions and it's just it makes the house smell like home to me because like yeah. that's i grew up <clears throat> you walk in the house and you smell first of all there is a specific rice cooker smell that the rice cooker has been going on every day all day but then also the 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 smell uh the lingering smells of uh sauteed onion and garlic yeah. it like permeated our house in 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 a really beautiful way that like whenever i went into my friends houses i was just like what this is weird yeah. why doesn't it smell like anything yeah um and so that smell also takes me back yeah yeah it's yeah. huge it's huge. Mirepoix. Um, 
I like to drink an adult beverage while cooking also. And also um, Hannah and I talk a lot about cooking cheese, like <laughs> the little bit of cheese that you eat while you're cooking. <laughs> and it's real. That's right. That's right. Well, because like you might be cooking something that takes a long time. Yeah. Yes. And that's, and it'll probably go with the booze that you're drinking while you're cooking. Hello. Yeah. Although it's usually like shredded. Cook, drinking while you're cooking. It's usually like shredded taco cheese. <laughs> it's just a handful. I'm not judging that because yeah. it's still cheese. And then Hello. you could like ball it up and make it a, a chunk. So. Oh yeah. That'd be fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would it be fancy? Fancy is definitely <laughs> the right word. Um, what's in your fridge? What are the items you can always find in your kitchen or pantry? Okay, so those are two separate questions. Yes. Because what's in my fridge now is not always what's in the fridge. Yeah. Um, what's in my fridge now? You might like this. So Chad and I are going to do an eat along for the, did I, did she lose me? I can, I, I might be frozen, but I can hear you. Okay. It says my internet is unstable, but like, who isn't? Yeah. Um, I've uh, also fixed a lot of sins in these. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Yeah. Thanks for fixing. Yeah. Um, we're going to do an eat along for the three Lord of the Ring movies. <gasps> and so um, for tomorrow. And so I have this whole menu planned out that correspond with certain meals and foods that are mentioned in all of the um and we're not doing all of them but yeah we are doing at least seven meals Amazing. um spread throughout and so uh things that are not normally in my fridge that are in my fridge now there is a bourbon pecan pie Ooh. um from justice of the pies in chicago that somebody sent me for christmas Aww. um but then Ch we have the makings of a pork pie that chad's gonna uh -huh. make uh which Amazing. is not technically in the three lord of the rings movies it's in the hobbit uh -huh. but you know still counts yeah. um and you know hobbits love pies so um uh what else is in there um we have uh carrots because i'm gonna do a roasted carrot and apple uh, situation uh, for second breakfast. Um, yeah. So we just have like random stuff that is not normally going to be in my fridge. What is normally in my fridge is a shit ton of condiments. Yeah. Like maybe too many condiments, maybe condiments we should have thrown away, but like still have like a little bit left of that are yes. probably still going to be good. <laughs> so um, like He's an actor in town. Um, he makes hot sauces. He started making hot sauces in the pandemic and he sent over this really great fermented habanero hot sauce that yeah. I've been like trying to dole out like very slowly so I can hold on to it. Um, but uh, I also have pickled vegetables that we made, docha, I think is uh -huh. how they call it. Um, uh, we have two kinds of barbecue sauce. Four kinds of mustards, we, we have a problem. Um, and I made homemade Kahlua, that's still in the back of my fridge. Uh, and yeah, just just a lot of stuff that we can't eat, but can put things on. Yes. Or in, into, yeah. I resonate with that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to throw things away. No. I don't need to, yeah, no. Mm -mm. No way. Yeah. What, what are your go-tos um, uh, to like, um, what are the go-to items to have that you put those condiments on? What do you mean? Say that again. Um, like uh, fries or. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I mean, also the uh, one thing that we got this year is an air fryer. And so I've been making fries out of everything. Oh yeah. Um, parsnip fries, carrot fries, sweet potato fries or whatever. And so like, I love a good aioli. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll have the base of mayonnaise and then fold some sort of acidity like um, lemon or lime or whatever, and just kind of go through our spice pantry and, and just fold it in depending on what our mood is or what the rest of the meal yeah. is. But like, yeah, fries, alien fries is just like, it's a go-to. It, it always makes, makes me, me happy. Yeah. yeah. That's a dream. It is. <laughs> it's a dream come true. All right. <laughs> You are nine years old. Oh. Who's in your kitchen? Who's doing the cooking and what are they making? So 
I mean, for the bulk of my dad was the cook. My mom was the baker. Uh Um, But on Sundays is when my dad and I actually I think I stole this from him. Sundays was meal prep day. Uh-huh. Um, because both my parents, uh, worked full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, by the time they got home, they would just want to reheat meals and, um, have it already home cooked. And so, uh, if it's Sunday, there's like three or four pots of different things on the stove that my dad is prepping and it it takes the whole day because a lot of them is like high boil for two minutes and then simmer for five hours or whatever yeah 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 slow cookers and so like you know and that's that that is our slow cooker but also I think it was just his joy uh he liked being in the kitchen for that long um and so like there's probably gonna be again I told you meat heavy household so yeah there's going to be a chicken dish. So like maybe there'd be, like I was saying, the chicken, uh, uh, the, the chicken ginger soup, uh, tinola on one pot. And then another pot, it's going to be like a uh, pork sinigang, which is a tamarind soup, uh-huh. really, really, really sour with yeah. vegetables and, and pork. And then like a beef dish, like, uh, it's a beef stew called caldereta with other, it's more of a tomato based thing. And so there'll be like, He'll have things that are not similar to each other um, so that we don't get tired of it in the week. And then we would have, if he makes three pots of something, we would have leftovers um, throughout the week until he cooks that next Sunday. And so, and then of course, rice, rice is cooking, always cooking. Um, But yeah, so that's, that's probably, that's, those are my, my childhood memories. So probably also when I was nine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds yeah. like it was a, a a system of many years. Yeah, yeah. He still does that. My dad. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I do that, and then I order delivery. It's a goal. It's a nice goal, <laughs> but also like schedules are weird. So you know, it's, do what you yeah. can. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. You gotta do what you gotta do right now. You know, and you're supporting local businesses. So good for Hello. you. Hello. 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 Um, if we aren't eating blank, then it isn't blank. Um, recently, if we aren't eating fondue, then it isn't Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. So Chad also like, he didn't grow up with this, but as an adult, he started a tradition of, I think it's, I can't remember the French name, but like there's a French way, uh, a French beef fondue uh-huh. method. Um, and so it's, it's like a whole bunch of meats or you can also do like shrimp or whatever. And um, the fondue pot has oil in it. And then you make a whole bunch of dipping sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's like a national chain called the melting pot and they do that really well. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of side dishes. And so like, that's kind of been our Christmas Eve. And I, I, his family doesn't do it either. So like, he has no idea where he got this. Yeah. Um, but there is something really, um, it, it feels epic. We don't normally eat slowly as, uh-huh. as a household, yeah. you know, we're eating yeah. in front of the, the TV, you know, in 10 minutes, we're done with our food. Yeah. Fondue <laughs> makes you, you know, slow down and eat and yeah. like, you know, sit across the table from somebody and like really just enjoy the food and savor the conversation. And there is something really, um, holiday about it and so we've kind of just ever since uh we got married like that's kind of been our tradition and so yeah that's so sweet that's so lovely yeah yeah and there yeah you have to (laughs) you can't be too distracted while you're boiling something in oil you shouldn't yeah you shouldn't well and what's funny is like sometimes you get caught up in the conversation you're like oh well my meat is gone because it burnt up in the oil (laughs) whoops Whoopsie doodles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I love fondue. I don't love Do the cleanup, but. No, it sucks, but it's worth it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it does. It, it feels like an event. I like that. It feels like an event yeah. and uh, it makes it feel special. But yeah, yeah, I mean, especially cheese fondue. My God, that can get ridiculous. I don't. That's the reason to go to the melting pot is oh, yeah. they do all the dirty work. <laughs> they do. You just leave it there. And you get all three kinds. You get the cheese fondue, the oil fondue, and the chocolate fondue there. Or you can. And the dessert fondue. And the dessert fondue, they have yeah. like 
they have, I don't, they have like cheesecake that you can dip it. I mean, what? Yes. That's gorgeous. Come on. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. I love it. That's yeah. The height of fanciness. It is, but also like, <laughs> absolutely. I do not want to clean that up. No, thank you. No. no. This, this goes out to all the employees of the melting pot. We see you. Bless That's you. Right. Probably bless not you. doing takeout of the melting <laughs> yeah. pot. Right? I mean, maybe. I feel like Are that would okay? be difficult. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know either. We can research after. Okay, great. Um, it's a celebration. How do you know your family was going all out with food? What restaurants did you go to? Or what plates came out of the cupboard? What, how big was the spread? So funny. Like I, I was prepared for this question and I thought, oh, I'll cut back to it because I can't remember. Yeah. And like, I think the only thing I can think of is um, when we, when we would sit at the table as a family, typically we had these really eighties tan beige, brown, rounded placemats with like white um, lines. It was a very 80s aesthetic. Yeah. And that's what we would normally eat on. And I think what I remember on special times, like either we had a guest coming over or it was a holiday, um, we switched out for a very 90s looking off-white angular placemat. And yeah. that's how I would know. <laughs> like That is the only thing that I can think of that like signified, oh, something special. Something, it's different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so- We're getting out the fancy placements. But it's like, it's still plastic. Yeah. It's still like easy to clean off because I'm a messy, messy child. But like, but it did look pretty in yeah. pictures. So yeah. yeah, but I think other than that, and then we didn't eat out a lot. Like if mm -hmm. it was an occasion, like we go- I feel like my parents would leave me at a babysitter's and they'd go out to fancy places. Yeah. Um, but we would just go to our family's house. I do vaguely remember being delighted by a sizzler when oh. I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> Which like now the idea of that is like, yeah. but you know, I was 10. I didn't know. No. I, I love the idea of like, <laughs> I think, were you talking about this about salad bars? Like yeah. I could do whatever I want. Yes. This is amazing. I could keep going back for just Alfredo. And yes. I did. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, flat top grill is like that too, where like, oh, yes. It's not fancy, but no. somehow it feels fancy. Well, and it's different than what you do. I think anything yes. that is different from what you normally do is going to feel like an occasion. Yes. And so, and that's true. We take that to our, like that's fondue, like that we take that to our adulthood where it's just yes. like, well, this isn't what we were doing on a Tuesday. So this is cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like, we made um, Chex Mix on Christmas Eve, which is not fancy, but it feels it's, special. It's Christmas Eve specific. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And traditions are important and, you know, rituals. And, and crunchy. And food is part of that. And crunchy. <laughs> yes. Did you make it this year? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. So my grandma used to make it, my dad's mom used to make it all the time, like for anytime anyone was like playing Scrabble or poker. And then my dad made it a couple times when we were little um, for uh, like poker night. And mm. there's, I, I love bags Chex Mix, like no shade to the sort of factory produced Chex Mix. But there's something about like getting those like warm pieces that have too much sodium in them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you would probably associate it now with your family and with, yeah. with Christmas and yeah. 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 Although this year I did find out, I didn't realize that Worcestershire, which I can never say correctly. Uh, I didn't know I had anchovies in it. Anchovies. In it. I think I just learned that this year. Yeah. I think I, I did always like the taste of it, but I didn't yeah. know what was in it, but that's a lot of my, just in general, I like this. I don't question what's in it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like I didn't realize pad thai was technically not vegan for years, right? Because it oh, has fish right. sauce. Oh, and I was right. like, oh. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Asian cuisine where you really have to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, it's like also even just like A1 has raisins in it. Who said? 
How? I don't know. But I love How did this going. happen? You know that I take, I, I do, that used to be my thing in restaurants. I'd ask for A1 sauce and instead of ketchup for my fries, I would use A1 sauce. I think you taught me that because I used to do that too at the Edgewater. I love it. Um, yeah, I love it. Yes, at the Edgewater. Yeah. yeah. And it makes also the fries taste like meat, bad. which is also a delight. I, I mean, bonus. By the way, the Edgewater is a daycare now. That's to the side. That's real, real strange to me. <laughs> but good for them. Good for them. <laughs> I hope it's called like Edgewater, Edgewater Lounge and Play or something. <laughs> I don't think. It oh is. my god, I would love that so much. Same. Um, speaking of traditions and celebrations, mm -hmm. what food for you is home? What recipe do you hope is on the table when you visit family? Oh my god. Without fail, kare kare, mm. which um, I think I ordered when we went to Isla Filipina yeah. um, uh, that you did not eat because it mm -hmm. is an oxtail stew, so yes. real meaty. Yeah. Um, it's my dad makes the best one, and Isla makes a made uh, a pretty great one mm -hmm. um, that was somewhat close to what my dad made. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to make. I, I attempted it a few years in a row during Easter because there is something very celebratory about a peanut stew mm -hmm. with oxtail. And oxtail is really hard to make tender. I don't have mm -hmm. a pressure cooker. Now I have an instant pot and that was a game changer. Yeah. But um, before that, in order to make it, I would have to simmer the oxtail on the stove for like a day yeah. for it to be like, whatever. And I'm sure like there are people listening like, oh, I know how to do that in five seconds. I didn't know how this is how I approximated what my dad made. But now I just I don't bother because other people can make it so much better. And in fact, I'd rather just have my dad's. And so um, the last time I was home last year for Thanksgiving, which is it's not a Thanksgiving thing. I think he just knows that I miss it so much. Yeah. And that like I talk about it all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> I, when I, I zoom called my brother and my dad this year, I was like, what are you eating for Christmas? And then my brother, um, zoomed in on the karakare and I just got so sad, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, my dad, like, I think, especially now that I'm adult and I don't live in Washington state, yeah, he goes out of his way. Cause mm -hmm. I think it's hard to make. I do. I think it, it, it's one of those dishes that does take the whole day. And there's, there's a big act of, you know, if we're talking about love languages, like act of service in that. Um, and yeah, it just, it's home to me. Yeah. Um, and, and every time I try to make it, I'm like, it's not the same. So yeah, that's what I always pray my dad has made. And he usually does. So, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think <laughs> that whether we do it consciously or not, that practice of like talking about stuff or asking about it can do wonders. Oh yeah. You don't accidentally get a tradition you don't want. No, <laughs> no. You be careful about what you secret into the universe. Like yes. just, yeah. For real. Like, be, spe be specific. Be specific. Mm -hmm. um, fill in the blank. What Americans don't understand about blank is blank. I love this question because it's it's its own podcast. It sure is. <laughs> like you could just do it. Uh, yeah, I. Okay, this is this is somewhat related mm. to the last answer. What Americans? What some? Because you give that parenthetical. Yes. What some Americans don't understand about spam is that it is fucking delicious and sit down. Yeah. That is my answer. Yeah. And that's the short answer. The long answer is like, look, there is there's this thing that some foodies, not food enthusiasts, foodies yeah, yeah, yeah. have a snobbery about things like spam. Yeah. And and whether or not they understand the history of the fact that um in World War II in Hawaii, that was the only meat that they could get their hands on. Yeah. That people like my parents had to make whatever they had in front of them taste incredible to their family yeah. because yeah. that was their love language. That yeah. was all that they had. And so there are things like this, this questionable, weird rectangle thing that you don't know how long it's been sitting there yeah. to be able to slice that thinly, marinate it in something wonderful yeah. and pan sear it to perfection to make it something that 
children and grandchildren crave until their adulthood, until their dying day. There is something in that that is also inherently American. Yeah. Um, And there's so many different versions of that, but I think, you know, people need to give a little bit more respect to to things like spam and yeah. and don't just because you just because you haven't had it correctly doesn't mean it's not incredible yeah and you know there's i mean there's a lot of i mean in poverty meals i i think they call it poverty meals like things like that in general don't don't be snobby about that because there are people who can make it awesome yeah. And, and, yeah. and a lot of it comes from love. A lot yeah. of it comes from, this is the best that we can do. And so we're going to offer it into our table and we're not, the kids are not necessarily going to know that this is the best that we could do, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and also people are liars, you know, like, <laughs> right. I feel like the foodies who are like trashing on spam are eating hot dogs, like yeah. cut it out. And you don't know what's in those either. And I don't want to know. I don't read. I don't read ingredients. I don't want to well, know. I know true. it's delicious and I'm still alive. And that's really just kind of what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. But I did. I, I came up. I came up with that, um, you know, that notion that making whatever is in front of you work and not only work but making it delicious is is a true act of love and 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 like uh being able to do that in college for the first time in my own kitchen for myself is an act of love for myself that okay I can only afford ramen yeah but I'm gonna bougie it up with some you know organic chicken broth and ginger and garlic and onions and like put that and it's it is it's that act of love of making it work because whoever you're serving it to is worth it yeah and and that i think is actually more american than i think people give it credit for yes and so the people who are snobby about that they need to check themselves and sit down yeah and what a waste of time you know right (laughs) he's snobby about that Right, exactly. Do you have something else to do, you know? <laughs> exactly. um, in, incidentally, I just read an article that said that I think it's a um, East Asian company that already produces uh, meat-free stuff just came out with a vegan spam alternative. Fascinating. Yeah. Which what that takes it? that to a whole nother level, right? Do you know what it's made out of? Oh, I have no idea. I'm going to do some research. The thing is, it's like so many, so many things are processed. That's the thing. It's going to be processed no matter what. Yes. <laughs> um, and the fact that it has to be mass produced and it has to sit on the shelf for a long time. And look, yeah. like we're in a pandemic right now where, you know, there are people who have to stock up. They have to go to Costco and like get whatever they can sit so that they don't yeah. have to leave their houses. Like yeah. we have to think about things like that. And it, it doesn't mean that you can't make things delicious. That's right. And so, yeah. So, I mean, and good for, is it vegan or vegetarian spam? I think it's vegan. Wow. Well, good for vegans. I'm excited for for you. Which I I don't know how many vegans, there's probably a bunch who have been waiting for this moment. I don't don't know the numbers. Or maybe they didn't know that they were waiting for it. And maybe it'll be their new favorite delicious processed food item. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. What a time. What's a food or cuisine that you found in your adult life that changed how you thought about food? Okay. There are a couple of ways I can take this, but I, f- I feel like you might know this, this uh, story that I didn't know I could have alcohol until I met Chad, who is now my husband. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you this? Yeah. I that my so. parents or my priest convinced me that I was allergic to alcohol because when I did my first Holy Communion, I broke out in hives uh-huh. um, from the blood of Christ. Um might have also been the tannins because you can be allergic to, I don't know. But all I know is that A, my mom is technically allergic to alcohol. B, I broke out in intense hives after having the red wine, um, which is just a sip. Um, But I was a wee one. Um, And so like the fact that my mom already knew she was allergic to alcohol, I was just like, oh, I guess I can't have alcohol. So like, I just accepted it. Um, And all through my you know, high school, college years where people were expanding, uh, experimenting with booze. I was just like, well, I can't, I'll die. 
or, yeah. you know, hives and I'm vain. Yeah. So no, I don't want to do that. Um, and then uh, I met Chad when I was 22 and uh, he took me out to like a nice restaurant um, and ordered a bottle of wine. And I think he just assumed because I was in theater, I must right. drink. Right. <laughs> so, and like, you know, it was just like this nice restaurant. I've never been actually taken out to a nice restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't going to say, oh, I can't, like, I, I felt I could have, come on, you could have, but I didn't. And so I drank white wine and drank a lot of water with it and, yeah. and food. And then I woke up the next day and I was still alive. And I was yeah. like, wait, so, okay, hold on. Maybe this means I could have white wine. And yeah. I like the taste of it, but it was mainly out of um, embarrassment that I just didn't want to bring it up and kind of out of curiosity. But yeah. like I was, I was well past, well past, I was a year after I was legally allowed to drink. Yeah. And, and I was just like, oh, so I, I think after our fourth or fifth date, I told him, I was like, so technically I hadn't had alcohol before that. And I like it but I think I can't have red wine. Like I think because I, I, I had yeah. research and I was like, people are actually allergic to the tannins in red wine. He's like, yeah, but there's a lot of really great red wine. Like, are you sure? Maybe you grew out of it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, maybe. So we went out to eat with his grandpa who is a doctor. And he's like, mm -hmm. this is the time to try red wine because we have a doctor right at this table. And at That's this point, funny in my life, I had also become the adult that carried Benadryl in my purse. So I was like, I was ready. Yeah. And so I drank, like, I had like a little cup of wine, red wine and drank it with water. And I had my Benadryl and Dr. Grandpa uh, at the table and nothing happened. Yeah. I didn't even have Asian red face BT dubs, which is a <laughs> thing. And I didn't have it. So, yeah. um, I was just like, so this is like something I either grew out of or I, I had hives from something else right. or I don't know. Um, we might've just been wrong that day. But I mean, since then, like I, I now cook with booze. I, yeah. I like, I mean, we host something called Iron Bartender, yeah. which you've been to. Like I, it's, it's now kind of been a, a big part of my, uh, my growth as a uh, culinary food enthusiast, as you say, yeah. um, because it is, it, it does, it enhances food for me. And like, also, um, I like the taste of it. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I guess it didn't change how I thought about food, but it, it did, it, it did change like my tastes and my palate and, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, and like, I, maybe you hadn't thought about this yet at 22, but like at some point, if you hadn't have realized that you would have started to worry that there was alcohol in food too, I imagine. I think so. Although I think a lot of the times when that happens, it's cooked out. Yeah. And so it's really just when one wine is by itself or when in liquor, it's by itself. Yeah. And, you know, I also uh, then moving backwards, went through the whole putting Malibu rum and Coke situation because like, yeah, <laughs> it was a little intense for me, but, yeah. um, but wine I immediately liked, especially because it was paired with food. Yes. So yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Mm -hmm. What's your biggest recipe fail? <sighs> I have never been able to successfully make a veggie burger. Oh yeah. I've tried twice and it has made me angry because it's so hard to do mm -hmm. and it's so messy. Mm -hmm. And then for it to come out dry or just crumbly, yeah. and then I have to clean it up and eat a bad burger. It's just like, it's upsetting. And yeah. I actually have liked a veggie burger in my life. Yeah. Like there's some good with the, have you had the one at bad, uh, bad apple? Yeah. Strange. Chicken? Strange Famous? I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It's very like, good. Even as a meat eater, I was like, I would order that again. That's good. I yeah. don't know how they do that. 
And so like, I, I tried, cause I had that food blog that I started that one yeah. year and I, I tried it one year and it was bad. And then I tried it another time after that and a different recipe. And that was bad. And I was like, I think I'm just not meant to do this. And I'm not competitive, competitive enough to like, be like, I'm going to get this right. I was like, no, I'm just going to order the one from bad apple or just yeah. like, this is ridiculous. I can't, I can't do this to myself. I know. I know. It is hard. I don't even try actually. Uh-oh. I realize. I'm having internet issues. Sorry, sorry. Oh, can you, see, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, um. I. Oh, I was saying I don't even try to make a veggie burger myself, really, at home. What is it's? It's the fact that it's so many components that are not supposed to be together in a burger, and and there's something about you have to get the ratio and the binding right. Yes. And I think that's like that's more of a precise science than like getting ground meat and then putting it on it. Like that's so easy comparatively. Yeah. That's that, right. like, I'll leave it to the experts. I don't need to do that. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. One tip that I've heard that I've used for fake meatballs that actually Sarah, Sarah Bauer taught me was the like searing it and then putting it in the oven makes a big difference. Oh, wait, because what does then that you're do? You're not like accidentally breaking it apart while you're trying to like flip it or seal that it is or whatever. Definitely what I've done in the past. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's, that's one trick. Great. I'm going to let her do that and uh, <laughs> not it. try that. There has famous food balls, which are um, like meatballs, but they're food balls. Sure. Uh, it's like Parmesan, Romano, uh, breadcrumbs, chopped walnuts, like, like really finely chopped mm. walnuts mm-hmm. and egg and like spices. Oh, and they turn out pretty, pretty good. That sounds yummy. Yeah. Cause it's like food you like. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Food that, that, that can also be the thing that you eat, like instead of cheese, like yeah. as you're cooking, that would go. That would go well. Yeah. Need a little food ball while you're cooking. Mm-hmm. What's a recipe hack that you found that you will always stick with? <laughs> the most immediate one that I can think of is um, when I don't have, and I never do, when I don't have vanilla extract in my cupboard, uh-huh. uh, I just use rum. <gasps> Whoa. Sometimes really bourbon, but rum is better. Rum is closer to um, the concentrated flavor of a vanilla. Huh. It doesn't taste like vanilla, but like it works in a pinch. Yeah. Um, yeah. And most recently I've used, I didn't have rum, I, so I used rum chata. Also worked. Ah. I mean, I'm sure people with more refined palates be like, I'm sure this is terrible, but what like, is this? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I can see dark <laughs> rum especially being good in there. Like a little yeah. dark spice yeah. rum. Yeah, specifically for cakes and, and cookies that yeah. don't need to look good. I, I think it's, <laughs> I don't know. I actually like don't know what it, what the flavor does Me so much. So, yeah. but yeah. That's when you hat. don't put very much vanilla extract in. No, it's usually like a teaspoon. So like might as well put booze in it. And then also then drink the rum. Then drink Before the after. Rum. Boom. <laughs> Not that I make it sound like vanilla extract is like a really exotic ingredient that's hard to get. It's just like I sometimes want to make cookies and yeah. I'm not prepared for the ingredients. And I'm like, no. oh, you still don't have it. Oh, well. Yeah. you've got several potential aiolis in the fridge but no vanilla oh extract. well but that's necessary that is yeah <laughs> yep. i rarely bake at home i have zero baking ingredients at my disposal i mean as long as you have butter and sugar yeah you can do a lot you can do a lot mm-hmm. what's a recipe that you highly recommend and what makes it special mm, okay uh have you read any Ruth Reichel? Uh-uh. Okay, so she she's awesome. She's one of my favorite food authors. Um, she used to be the uh, food critic for the LA Times, the food critic for the New York Times, and then editor-in-chief of Gourmet Magazine. And she oh. has a series of memoirs. Um, oh. uh, and her second memoir, food memoir, uh, called Comfort Me with Apples, mm. where she becomes the LA times food critic she becomes friends with danny k oh and uh danny k was like a major foodie and he he like built because of course he did he built like a theater 
kitchen where people would like sit and like watch him cook. And he, he invited her to his house one day and made this lemon pasta that she said was the best thing she ever ate. Yeah. And so she went back and tried to recreate what she thought he made. And she puts that recipe in her book. That's and amazing. I think you could find it online, but it's also, yeah. I mean, highly recommend the book, Comfort Me with Apples. Um, but the fact that it's like, it's just a very simple lemon butter cream sauce. Um, and it's just, especially in the summer, yeah. you have it with like a Sauvignon Blanc or, or a limoncello. It's just, it's the perfect pasta. And and what I like about it is that it's, it's foolproof. Yeah. Like, novices can make it but the fact that it came from danny k like makes it more delicious somehow yeah um, it's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll if, if i can find the i might have the recipe somewhere because i don't know oh, where that yeah. book is i will send it to you because you should oh, make that i love citrus particularly <laughs> i mean in baked goods but particularly in savory stuff oh like, my gosh i think you would like this uh, i'll send it to you yeah i want it right now yes you do <laughs> i can tell you right that right now you do you do, you do. yep <laughs> You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. <laughs> um, what chef or food practitioner do you recommend looking into? Have you, have you watched or read Samin Nosrat stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, first of all, want to be her friend so badly. Yes. Like I just, I, I watch her show. I watch her tear up eating a cheese and I'm like, we're soulmates. I think I love her. She just, she, she takes so much pleasure out of just eating yeah. in, in a really beautiful, pure way yeah. and respects people's process. And, and I, I just appreciate, and I appreciate how accessible she mm -hmm. makes cooking and food and and yes. like really breaks it down um uh i got her book last year too um but also her podcast is the other podcast that i listen to aside from yours that just fills <laughs> me with so much joy because it's it is a celebration of food it's called home cooking um that uh -huh. she does with uh rishi her way and uh her way and uh it's it it is it just it it makes it not scary to try cooking. Yeah. Um, especially when you can't, you don't have access to all of the fancy grocery stores or like maybe you can only order from Peapod and they only have like five things here, are things that you could do. And I think um, anybody who is uh, making food not scary for home cooks, I think yeah. is doing the world a lot of good. Yeah. Um, because again, it's that act of self-love or, or caring for the people around you. Um, and then also uh, Padma Lakshmi has a really great documentary series on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, it's called Taste the Nation, I think. Yeah. Um, wholly into it. Like she's, yeah. she's so good. And, and the cultures that she explores are amazing. And so yeah. like, those are my two, uh, aside from you, um, <laughs> <laughs> people that I think should be followed. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She's great. And I always liked her, but I didn't, I, you know, sometimes you see a judge on a reality show and you don't oh. know how or why they're there. Well, they didn't even give her space to show how, oh. how adept she was yes. about food. Like she, yeah. you know, on top chef, like there were the other chefs. And so she yeah. didn't, she, she could be there to taste the stuff, but they wouldn't really give her the room to do what she get wants to do and now she gets yeah. to do it and it's, it's so cool amazing yeah got a yeah. killer instagram presence in general oh yeah she got what a is... new puppy did you see that it's really cute see... she got her daughter a puppy oh there's nothing to do with food but like i'm also here for that content so. yes yeah. <laughs> she was on um i don't remember if it was breakfast lunch and dinner or ugly delicious but with... she was on ugly delicious on ugly the most delicious. recent season yeah I the curry episode moment when she's standing on her own counter in bare feet why was that so satisfying I think that was such a satisfying like, moment the stars they're just like us but they do it cuter you know <laughs> I am absolutely not under the impression that Padma is anything like me but I love I love that like well first of all her kitchen is so pretty yes. um and and yeah I don't know it was just it was adorable standing on her own thing yeah what a delight what a shining light what a shining light believe it or not we've come to the last question i know 
Uh. I'm already mourning the end of this uh, interview. But uh, what are you working on right now, food related or not, that you want to share with audiences? Oh boy. Well, here's the thing. Uh, people can follow the Chicago Inclusion Project, yeah. which I'm a founder and producer for. Um, we are coming up with some programming in the new year that I can't talk about right now, but we will be releasing yeah. some information soon. Very cool. um, and same with the gift theater, we're, we're working on some content that we'll be able to share with other people. Um, nice. And that I can't talk about right now. I'm so sorry. No, um, that's a, that's And I guess personally, so I, what's that? Sorry, Nothing. my internet is so dumb. No, you're okay. Um, I you. Okay. Um, and then uh, the, the food blog that I started 500 years ago that I then stopped and then started up again this year and then stopped again. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to try and pick it up. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll have content. I'll try to blog about the Lord of the Rings day oh, um, and include please. recipes. I mean, that's going to take a long time to edit, edit and uh, digest <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll try to do that just because it's something creative for me to do. Um, yeah. from the safety of my own home but yeah <laughs> I know it's such a funny time I mean that's <sighs> the understatement of the year but well it's funny in in, in many different kinds of ways yes. to use that word yeah yeah yes yes <laughs> maybe all of them all of them correct Ooh. yeah yeah um, well such an honor to have you Mjoy. oh I'm it's so such delighted. an honor to be here thank you it's so lovely to hear your voice one of my favorite people to do anything with and, and one of my favorite people to eat with. Oh, one day we will have Thai iced tea at the same yes. table and it will be entirely too sugary and entirely too caffeinated and we won't be able to do anything but shake for the next hour and it'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining me on Mirepoix Podcast and thank our house band siblings for the use of their song, Jars. I want to invite you to subscribe to support Mirepoix directly on Anchor and to follow me on Instagram where you can receive behind-the-scenes content about this podcast and my own food practice. Till we feast again. <laughs>